Welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Mario and you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us and we appreciate it as always. With me today is the person who will be writing a book on how your podcast is going to pop off. Just give her like three three years. The person who can pull off any headphones. I use these earbuds because I don't like how my hair gets flattened when I use actual mm. headphones. And then Tasha's over here using those headphones and looking great. So like... <laughs> It makes me a little jealous. Um, and most importantly, the best co-host anyone could have ever asked for oh, it is you. Tasha. Thank you. You're How so are sweet. you today? I'm doing oh, great. I'm doing great. Uh, you Love know, to hear it. Chilling. Love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm having a good day. It's like very rare because I feel like it's been really rainy and gross, but I've just been, I've been in a really good mood. I'm not going to lie. It's very strange. I don't trust it. That, so. That's exactly what I want to hear from a co-host before we right. start a podcast. A Imagine you're like, yeah. honestly, it's been a drag. It is a drag. Yeah. I'm like done. Yeah. It's like, well, we, just, we just complaining. We just started. Yeah. Why did you tell me this before like, the show? She just got here. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually in a good mood. I'm feeling. I'm love, feeling good. Yeah. What about you? Love I'm really good. Yeah. Uh, had a great day, mm-hmm. and you know, it's always fun. our pre-shows are always so much fun that it yeah. really like gets me hyped for the episode. Yeah. Um, speaking of an episode, yes. if you are watching on YouTube, <laughs> make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to leave comments under the video. Uh, we are pretty good about looking at them and engaging. Always re- respectful and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, we see we see a certain we group of people. No, certain group everybody. of people from a certain... Right. We see everybody, but... Mm, <laughs> Big Brother is watching. <laughs> If you are on Spotify or Apple Music, I never remember if we actually call it Apple Music or just Apple. Make sure to subscribe, download, share with your friends, do all the necessary things for us to keep growing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll keep doing the same on our side. Um, Today, (laughs) we have a off week. You know, we don't have any races. We have Qatar next week, but we've come prepared as we do. But before that, Let's talk a little bit about our predictions from last week. Tasha, do you want to go over the podiums we had and like how it turned out? Let me just tell you, I'm like, I don't even remember what happened last week. Ah, all right. Here we go. There was this race. It was in Japan. Lewis Hamilton dropped insane (laughs) merch. (laughs) Let me tell you, my brain just went completely blank. Like, wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, Podiums from last week. Mine was Verstappen, Piastri, Perez. Yours was Verstappen, Norris, Leclerc. And the actual podium was for stopping Norris and Piastri. So, once again. There's only one thing we need to talk about yeah. here, Tasha. Mm-hmm. Oscar Piastri. Hell yeah. Got himself that podium. I'm so excited for him. I'm a little sad that his mom didn't make it. I don't know if you saw before yeah. the race she was tweeting about like, can somebody get me a ticket to Australia? And then Zach was like, we'll pay for Japan, your ticket, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then she was like, actually, no, I want to watch it at home because I'm a nervous parent. Or like, I feel, I feel her. I couldn't have a kid in, as a professional athlete. Like, I don't know how they are able to, like, function. Like, I'm thinking they get the best pres- prescriptions, but just for Sunday. Yeah. Because, like, I can't imagine, like, my mom stresses out about th- growing up. Imagine, imagine instead of whatever you stress your mom out, you stress her out with, like, I want to drive around a race yeah. track at 206 miles per hour. Yeah. Okay. Like, thanks. I have a helmet. Yeah. Exactly. I have a helmet. They have all these new innovative things that keep me safe. And then she's yeah. like sees on TV every week Lance Stroll like ripping his car in half. Like <laughs> <laughs> thanking Why God that that's not her like son. It, Tasha. Lance Stroll did Lance Stroll like that. 
But yeah, anyway, oh. I was like, I can't imagine like wanting to be there, then deciding not to go. And then your son gets his first podium in F1. Like, yeah. damn, I would have wanted to be there for that. So, yeah. <laughs> if anything, I think Ma- uh, Mama Piastri can be like, oh, he'll get more at B5. Right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And more, I yeah. believe that one. Absolutely. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so... What we typically bring during these off-week episodes, uh, we like to keep you up to speed and on track Mm -hmm. on all things F1. So Tasha and I prepared some (laughs) headlines to go over in case you haven't heard of it yet. Uh, Just a little bit of it in case you missed it. Mm -hmm. Um, Tasha, what do you got for us first? So first up is Jessica Hawkins, who became the first female F1 test driver in five years. She is 28 years old and she drove 26 laps of the Hungarian. Hungaro Ring in Budapest last Thursday in the AMR 21, the team's race car from AS, uh, from 2021. Yes. Uh, she's a former British karting champion, a podium scorer in the W Series, and has worked as a stunt driver on a James Bond film, which okay. I think what is might that be the thing I'm the most jealous of. Her resume right? is sick. Yeah. What? I, I was I reading Bond that. Films. I was reading oh, that, and it yeah. got to the James Bond stunt driver, and I'm like, come on. How do you and like Aston Martin. That? So like you drove an Aston Martin oh, probably in the I movie, just, and then you're... Maybe. I, I just made that connection. Movie. Yeah. I just made that connection. Yeah. No, Aston Martin is a James Bond car. Yeah, yeah but I'm mm-hmm. saying they have other cars in yeah. the James Bond film. So I don't know if she drove an Aston in the film. I can't. We need to that, have her confirm is, for us what she drove, but. That is really cool. Yeah, but that's that dope. Is, that I think dope. that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see like a, you know, we're making that little bit of progress. Mm-hmm. Maybe potentially seeing a female driver in F1 at some point. Um, are you excited for I, the I, prospect? Yeah, absolutely. Um. I've read that Susie Wolf mm-hmm. said that it would take about 10 years to Dang. get. Yeah. And that's what I would. And you know that she's like, you know, that what she says is going to be very accurate. Yeah. It just gives me the vibe that's going to be like, like, I'm sure she hates saying it. I'm sure she right. would love to say next year. But when she says 10 years from now, it seems like the hard mm. Yeah. for the situation. Yeah. Mm. It'd be exciting. It'd be exciting. There's like. In a sport that's so driven by numbers, if any, yeah. whoever, whatever person, non-man wants to drive that car, mm-hmm. like the numbers are going to tell the story. So yeah. hopefully everybody around the sport also thinks that, you know, if they deserve a yeah. seat, then they should just have it. Right. Absolutely. Damn, speaking of seats and who deserves them and who doesn't, I'm going to lay out a little story for you, Tasha. Oh, Lord. I, like, I'm going to lay out a little story <laughs> and right. I might ask you a question. I might not because I feel like you're just going to want to say things. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I was doing our little, little digging and I found this interview uh, from Checo Perez and the interview came out or not came out. The interview was during and came out uh, the weekend of Suzuka. So mm-hmm. last last week in Japan. And he says a lot of cool things. Uh, We talked about how it is interesting and a good thing that a driver hired someone to help with his mental health. Yes. That is, that is cool. Yeah. Um, But there was this one line where he says, my confidence came back when I realized I won races on my, on my own earlier this year. I dare say that I am now 100% again, and I am convinced that I can take a shot at the world title next year. Okay. That's exhibit A. All right. Exhibit <laughs> Exhibit B, mm-hmm. tiny one, is, is in Singapore, 
Checo had his uh, little situation with Alex Albon, mm-hmm. where he took him out of the race. Right. So this was a week before the interview. Um, and then he got a five-second penalty. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to Japan. You might remember already what happened in Japan. Bumper but fast cars. forward yeah. to Japan. <laughs> and, and this is actually uh, Alex Albon responding to questions about Checo's behavior. Mm-hmm. And he said that in turn 11, Japan, he did the same thing again on me uh, on track. I avoided it. But then I was behind him when he did it again to Kevin Magnuson. <laughs> and so his op- Albon's opinion yeah. is that clearly five second penalties are not teaching the drivers anything yeah. because the penalties aren't strict enough. I mean, and this is his, still his words. Yeah. I mean, that's two races in a row. Yeah. Magnus, I, I do want to say that Magnuson, uh, Said that the contact from Checo destroyed his car and his and his afternoon. Yeah, uh, and that he did have damage from what Checo did. So, hey Tasha, can you make this make sense for me, please? Because hey, how Mario. am I saying? How am I saying? I'm in my prime. I'm in my prime. But like, I played bumper cars two weeks in a row. But I'm in yeah, my hundred percent. The math isn't mathing, and my like, I one am very glad to hear that he has a sports psychologist or a psychologist yeah. to help him through. Because I've always said like I feel like his mental health has to be kind of down based off of the season that he's having plus all the you know reasons everything around him why um but lately I just feel like he's been regressing on track Mm -hmm. like the amount of like accidents and errors that he's been having in the past like couple of races alone are like appalling to me because it's just like why are you playing bumper cars you're in an f1 car what are you doing like when they were about to, when they dnf'd his car or excuse me they brought it into the pit <laughs> they dnf they dnf and then they were like we're sending him back temporarily. out temporarily <laughs> dnf um they're like we're sending him back out all i could think was like is he gonna hit somebody <laughs> like on his one lap <laughs> to service penalty because i don't trust Super him <laughs> to not hit anybody <laughs> absolutely absolutely i mean track record you know Literally, like, like your track record is crazy. Fool me once, twice, three times, you know? It's like, come on. Sir. Yeah, so I, I feel like Checo has actually lost it. I don't, yeah. I do not think. You don't he's, believe he's at 100%? No, I think that's something he's telling himself. Yeah. I think that he, honestly is something he's telling himself, but his actions are like completely opposite to that. Like, there's no way. If that's you at 100%, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you're hitting people at 100%. Go home and race your family, my guy. You were not able to finish the race in like the fastest car on the track. You had Kevin Magnuson turned around staring you in your face at some point. <laughs> what? That's a hundred percent. Okay. That's a hundred percent. I hate to see you like when he's at 50, like, oh! like you know what I'm saying? Like, if this is the best that it gets. Please don't let it drop under 100. The race starts, he three sixes, (laughs) takes out everybody. Like a propeller, it just takes out everybody. Everybody's gone. Everybody's Um, gone. Yeah. Look, Tasha found a really good, uh, really good, like, stats article thing that we, I I don't think we're going to, like, focus on during the show, but Mm -hmm. I just want to (laughs) mention, um, to like just to like put the 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 nail on this little coffin that we're we're we we read about driver spending because of damages yeah for every driver and every team Mister at a hundred percent has spent 
Red Bull has spent because of Sergio's damages, mm-hmm. $2.5 million. That's nuts. <laughs> he is number three on the list. And he had their whole floor in 4K at Monaco. Like, not in 4K, not the floor to see in 4K. (laughs) Like, Adrian Nui was like, girl. No SD, no no standard. It was for 4K. For for free? (laughs) Some people got to pay for that, you know what I mean? Like, what? Bro, Adrian was so pissed. He was like, because, ah, never mind. I just like, I think that that's insane to me that no, not only have you done that much damage to the car, but you, all the state secrets are out on TV. Like, you cannot be trusted in that car. You know what? You know why he's super lucky though, because uh, Verstappen is actually um, 20th on the list because he spent 0.2 million. That was probably like the little bit of money they spent to get that bird out of his brake duct. <laughs> that wasn't even him, you know. Like, right, that was just nature, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we got to give Max some sort of money for this to not make Checo look yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, mm. honor, honorable mention, and this is completely aside, but like Lance Stroll, 2.6 million, Fernando Alonso, 0.4 Jesus million. Christ. Moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but any, any, any final thoughts on like, at no. this point, right? Because at this point, you can't trust him. But you can't trust the team. It, it, it feels like it's just gonna. It just feels like it's gonna fall apart. Yeah. Which would be cool if it does, because if Lewis Hamilton keeps scoring how he's scoring, and Checo <laughs> actually keeps scoring how he's scoring, it's very likely that Hamilton will be second in the championship. Yeah. And that would be cool. I think that would be funny. Yeah. What do you have next up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of people who are crash prone, uh, Logan Sargent. Was, was, was that a segue? Thought so? I tried. Are we, are we, I'm sorry. Are, oh, that okay. was so good. I'm trying. Um, but yeah, speaking of people who spend a lot of money for no reason. Yeah, Logan Sargent. It looks like he's going to keep his seat at Williams, according to team principal James Vowles, who says, quote, Logan has very clear targets that he has to hit before the end of the season. And we're working with him continuously. That's the important point. We're working with him. You know, want, you we, know, Tasha, it's weird because Logan has hit so many targets this year. <laughs> he's at the wall. He's at the gravel. Like the, he's, at the... he's hit so many walls. He's hit, <laughs> like, how many more targets? He, actually, maybe stop hitting targets. <sighs> start hitting numbers. Like, bro, maybe, just, maybe it's a translation problem. Start hitting the finish line. Just like get through a race. You know what I'm saying? Like With your car intact. With the whole ideally. car. Yeah. <laughs> It can have less gas. Logan, it can have less gas. But it needs but all four else. tires need to stay on the car. Both wings. At, at all times. It doesn't count if it's like rolling next to you. Yeah. We're, we're saying... In, you know. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, he continues to say, that's the important point. We are working with him. We want him to succeed and we want him in the car next year. This is very much on us as well. Um... Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I wonder how does it, I don't know. Why do you think we would be talking about Logan Sargent? Well, we want Logan Sargent. We want him to Mm -hmm. stay in the team. Is it team needing, not needing, but team getting good PR? Mm -hmm. Do you think James Viles actually thinks like, like, because it really seems like, if Logan Sargent was an American, for mm-hmm. example, and I, we are American, this yeah. is in no way anything like that. America was a very 
very untapped market yeah. in the United States of America. Untapped market for the Formula One echo system until Drive to Survive. So, like, we try to get an American driver mm -hmm. uh, to participate. Yeah. Do you think... All of that plays into why he still has a seat, why he, why, why we're, why we're talking about it this way, like, et cetera. I mean, yeah, I think being an American definitely helps, helps his case. Um, you know, they're hoping to, to break through this market. And I think, I think for me as an American, like, I don't check for Logan Sargent. Like when mm -hmm. he crashes, I'm like, oh, he's here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't know where he is most of the time in the races yeah. or whatever, unless something's happening to him <laughs> so there's that I, I as like to have an american just to have them uh that's how it kind of comes across and i feel like that seat especially as the team is kind of in an upward trajectory i feel like put it, leaving somebody in that seat more than a season just kind of like doesn't make sense to me like yeah okay he's an american but americans he's not really moving the needle here in terms of like he's like the guy that we want to see in a seat. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not like let what me, Lewis me, Hamilton would be to the United Kingdom where he's like such well, a star and like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? So, and yeah. I just feel like he doesn't have that kind of charisma. He doesn't really pop out at you as a driver. And I know it's because he's a rookie and he's finding his bearings and stuff like that, but it, he it just doesn't have that like star power that Americans like, you know, to see in our yeah. athletes. So for me, it's like it doesn't do anything for me there. Now, if it's like sponsorship money and Williams is broke, like I totally get it. Like, you know, That's the game it. is the game. But um, yeah, I don't I don't I can't really see anything else beyond that. Do you think he's making it more difficult for a future American driver? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't I mean, because if they make decisions for Americans based off of like we just want an American, like, does it they don't care? Like it does, doesn't seem yeah. like there it doesn't really seem like it matters at that point. It's just more like Does he have funding? Can he bring in some sponsors or whatever? So, yeah, I think I watched a video where this quote uh, was pulled from and I love James Fowles. Like he reminds me so much of like a Johnny Ive. Like I like hearing him explain things because when you hear him, you're like, yeah, I believe every word you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Sounds yeah. like honey. You know his voice? Anyway, <laughs> I believe him when he wants to nurture... And, you know, uh, keep Logan in that seat to, you know, um, to develop him as a driver. I just mm -hmm. feel like watching Logan, like, crash every week. What did you say? $2.6 million worth of damages? Yes. Like, that's a yes. lot. And then when you have the other for two a, rookies. For a team that doesn't have it like They that. don't have it like that. And then you have the other two rookies who have been on the I grid. I said 3.9. I'm sorry. 3.9. 3.9. That's a lot of. 2. They don't 2. have 2. that 6. money. Yeah. To be just, like, nurturing people. Like, and I don't want it to be a Nick DeVries situation where they kick him out after 10 races. But I do feel like a full season of you crashing into the wall is enough to be like, yeah, there's not really that potential there. So I would be curious to see what potential they see because they are very vague about it. Like, you know, yeah. we're working with him. We He's hitting different, He's has his own targets to hit and stuff. We see stuff and I'm just like, what are you seeing? Share with the class, you know, show your math. I want to see, I want to know what y'all see because I'm not seeing it. Sorry, Logan. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, poor Logan. Yeah. Poor, poor Logan. But not really. Well, not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Haas team is also like the American team. It's like yeah. if we really, I don't know. They, HQ'd they, in F1, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I actually drove past their, their headquarters one time, like driving for work mm -hmm. for something. And I did not know that they were headquartered there. 
and it, it, it I had it a double take. I didn't, I didn't have anyone behind me, so I. Just, <laughs> oh, look at that! Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't. I, okay, I'm gonna derail this, but. When I was reading James Vowles and I was reading his comments, mm-hmm. um, I thought, hey, there is someone who has a new position, is in yeah. a new job and seems to be handling it very well. Yes. Because I don't mm-hmm. think anybody has a negative comment. Not that Williams is perfect in any way, but yeah. I don't think anyone has a negative comment about how James Vowles has carried himself and the team right. this year. And then I think because of drama, and then I think... <laughs> There is total wolf in a new situation mm-hmm. that he hasn't been in before, where he's losing a lot more than he was before. Yeah. And he's not handling it very well. <laughs> and it's just like two spectrums of like right. two people that were put in new positions and one person that's clearly flourishing and one person that's yeah. like bumpy. Yeah. I mean, I guess also the the difference would be the expectation. I mean, Toto Wolves team, their expectation is that they win and they're not. So there's that pressure. But I think James yeah. is in a unique position where like, obviously he wants to prove himself as a team principal, but there's not really much pressure on him to like do much more than what Williams has been known to do in the mm-hmm. like most recent year. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not expecting a lot. So even just like seeing the car, uh, be able to perform better at certain tracks is like, oh, that's a surprise. You know, seeing yeah. Alex bag points, uh, you know, every other race or so, it's like, oh, that's a surprise. So it's like they're they're exceeding expectations that are already low. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like that pressure is different. But I do agree. Like, I feel like James is handling it very gracefully, like regardless. Like he's mm-hmm. come in from the start and has just been very like calm, cool, collected. And I feel like in a leader and especially in a situation like with Williams, like they're trying to build from you know the ground up now at this point yeah. with a new team um you need that and so I, I think it's important that he has that demeanor and brings that kind of characteristic to the role but yeah I, I feel like next year there might be more pressure you know what can you guys do next year you were able to do a lot with this car and with this with this team so what could you do next year so i'll now be curious to see how logan fits in that that puzzle <laughs> i will Truly. be too i will be too <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, so for the last little thing, um, and I saw th- I, this all started because of a Reddit user, uh, R-I-R-R-U-T-O-10. Um, I saw that he had posted a point scored by drivers since Silverstone GP. Mm. And I just wanted to highlight certain things. Obviously, once you ignore that, Verstappen has 171. Um <laughs> In second and third place since Silverstone, Mm -hmm. Lando Norris with 91 points and Hamilton with 84. And I just saw that and immediately thought, like, this is a very good example of how McLaren just is. We've said it so many times, but, like, all stats keep coming on how McLaren has really turned it around. Yeah. Um, The amount of points scored, like, Oscar has 52. Like, they've scored 143 points. As a constructor, which puts them in second place, obviously, because Red Bull. Right. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm really dying to know more about. I hope McLaren like puts out actual more. Fu- obviously, it's got to be somewhat hidden, not mm-hmm. somewhat ambiguous. But I'd be really interested to see like what worked so well for them, other than having two good drivers. Right. Um, it really is crazy how they've improved. Um, the other thing, because drama, um, I was very interested in that since Silverstone, mm-hmm. uh. 
Mercedes has scored 127 points. And out of those 127 points, the allegedly slower Sir Lewis Hamilton has exactly 67% of those points. Mm. So all of this George Russell talk, all of this like, yeah. oh, you guys are being so mean. Or like <laughs> all these people that stand George Russell so much. The Russell sprouts. It's like, did you just? I didn't that? make that up. Actually, oh, I was that's like, what they call themselves. I think, yeah. What? <laughs> what is this? What? The what sprout. has this man done to right. call yourself a Russell Sprout? Russell Sprout. Gr- Even worse. <laughs> what? The, he he could pay me. He could literally pay me. I'd be like, no, thank you, sir. Yeah. No, thank you. I don't want that. No, please, no. Hard pass. Russell. Yeah. What ha- what has Russell done for these people who like go to bat so hard for him? I need to understand. He has I need to shooters. understand. You know, you cannot say one thing out of that. If they don't like what you have to say about George Russell, you're done. Like <laughs> they go so hard for him. I I would love to know also what he has done in his career that has y'all out here uh doing the absolute most. Um, but you know, that's that's a conversation for another day, I think. We could just we can always talk about that later. But yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> if if you're watching on video, well you just what you if you're I'm sorry, if you're listening on Spotify, yeah. you've just missed a master class of Tasha like carrying the team for a second. As I fiddled like technical- an idiot. <laughs> let me just say that Chris has uh, like said don't touch your microphone about 150 times yeah. to me. So yeah. Um no, yeah, but yeah. absolutely but but like I, I Yes to everything you said. I need to understand what George Russell yeah. has done to, for these people. I need to know. understand. Yeah. Just let me know. Just let me know. Because if he DMs you and he's like, yo, thank you for the support. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Like if Lewis Hamilton DMs me, please DM me. Like that would be cool. <laughs> but okay. Um, I'm going to talk about these numbers maybe on a different uh, episode or something. But I, I am like, the what really made it interesting to me if, for anyone who cares about stats and stuff is that We've done 16 races now, Mm -hmm. so we can do a first eight races, next eight races, and compare how it's been so far. Yeah. But that is that for the, uh, in case you missed it, section. Remember, if there's any topics or you want to give us your opinions on for this, in case you missed it, or you have any topics for future, in case you missed it, let us know. Uh, Remember, just hit us up on socials or on the YouTube comments. Um, But... We have one topic, a deep dive until we find out better naming conventions for our things. Uh, deep dive on one topic that I think a lot of people had opinion. Not I think. I know a lot of people had opinions on. Yeah. Um, and uh, last thing I'll say is we we tweeted out a, a poll mm-hmm. to get the the people's opinion on the decline of social media interactions with Formula One. Um, so with all of that said, Tasha, do you want to start us off with this? Yeah, I mean, basically, this was a story that um, dropped on Motorsport and they were reporting on a, um, what do you call it? A white paper. Jeez Louise, my brain is not working. Um, but it was a white paper conducted by um, Buzz Radar and they basically took AI and scanned like 70. 70- yeah, AI. Um <laughs> they scanned basically F1 social interactions um, and just did all this like analytics on it and found that in like the first five months of 2020, 
2023, there was like a 70% like decrease in um, social interactions and engagement Mm -hmm. across F1 social media. So it kind of plays into what everybody has been observing. At least some people are observing it. Some people are pretending they're not seeing it. But uh, those of us who have our eyes open, we see. And so we've been observing, you know, it... And I, I think this is, again, about, like, F1's, like, official channels. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. their Twitter, their TikTok, their whatever they have, Instagram. Um, I can say for myself, I actually don't follow them on any of those platforms. I occasionally will come across a tweet and, like, you know, quote tweet it or something. But I don't, like, yeah. actually go to their pages looking to interact with the content. So I thought that was interesting that they... That's a great point. Yeah, they... I don't know, like, I, I can get into why maybe a little bit later as we kind of discuss it, but I just thought it was, like, an interesting study because I was like, yeah, like, for me, at least, I can definitely say, like, I'm not, I don't interact with any official um, social channels. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you? I go to F1, I go to the F1 Twitter to check schedule. Yeah. Something that's like, it. yeah, that's pretty much it. That's yeah. it. Like, like, <laughs> no, I like how you said, I really like how you said it. Like, you don't go to their Twitter account yeah. to interact with them. Yeah. Like you go to check on something or something like that, but you don't go to like, let me see, let me give my thoughts or let me talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it was more like, I think there's like multiple reasons why I think engagement might be down. And for me personally, I just look at the type of interactions that are happening under their posts. And I'm just like, I'm not getting involved with that. Like they, you could say anything like, you know, go Oscar, you know, good job getting your first points and somebody will be under you trying to like talk shit. And it's like, why are you like this? Like every (laughs) interaction that people post ends up creating some kind of like disagreement or argument. And I just feel like for me personally, like that's just not a good like time. Like I'm not on social media to argue with people, especially Mm -hmm. if I'm just there to be like, Hey, I like congrats to this guy. Or like, I like this. This is cool stat. Like, I don't want to know. I don't want all that weird pushback. Like, that's just weird. So I think I just fully, like, uh, have disengaged from their socials because I'm just like, this is a cesspool of (laughs) hate and weird fucking vibes. And I'm not here for this. I'm not here for this at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to read some of the opinions that we've got on the on this topic? Sure. We can start. So let's start with Denny uh, at FIA Girly. When we asked this question, her answer was, closer racing makes Formula One fun. These are the fastest cars in the world. The only way you get to see them in action is if they're fighting one another. Having one car ahead by 20 seconds doesn't even give you odds of betting on somebody else. Furthermore, F1 is failing she, to market itself. You know it's going to be fire when they yeah. hit you with the furthermore. Furthermore. This is a whole yes. second paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> um, Denny is getting the most out of her Twitter Blue account. Um, in this essay. In this essay, I will. So furthermore, F1 is failing to market itself as a serious sport. Liberty Media's desire for entertainment and money is actually saturating actual slash real fans who would rather not watch than go through the nonsense they're putting us through. And it's also not appealing to new fans because of just how messy it's becoming. An example is having a race in Vegas, but making life an inconvenience for locals slash possible new fans, yet unaffordable for current fans. Yep. So, yeah, we have a I would have I mean, I think she kind of hit a bunch of different points. The 
lack of competition at the front, no matter how people try to spin it, is just unmarketable. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's just very difficult to be like, this is fun. This is interesting. Stefano has come out every freaking week and been like, you guys, this is so historic and fun. Aren't you enjoying it? And it's like, clearly not, because you have to tell us that this is how we're supposed to be feeling about this. So I think they're they're in like a world of trouble. I don't know what they can do to, you know, I don't know that there is anything they can do to make the car Red Bull specifically slower. Like, I don't even know if it's yeah. about that at this point. I think we have maybe crossed that bridge already and we need to figure out something else. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily about making Red Bull slower, but it, I can also say, like, to me, watching the rules get applied, um, you know, kind of unfairly. I think Carlos Sainz had a great Jeez. quote from like last race or we could, you know, just basically being like, how come everybody else has penalties this season and Max is the only, only one without a penalty. And it's like the unfair application. It's like, you're already winning. So why are we making it? Cause he's never, he's never done anything yeah. worth a penalty. Yeah. Not three, th- three things in a race. So I think the favoritism, it, no matter, it just doesn't, it just isn't going to go down well. So I think, you know, having those type of, uh, week in, week out sort of issues at the forefront. Like, yeah, you can't make them slower, but you can, you know, give the guy a penalty if he does something worthy of a penalty. And I think you're just creating all of this distrust um, in in the governing body and the sport itself. So, yeah, it'll be hard to come back from that. For the Red Bull fans who watch but don't subscribe, <laughs> understand that this this is literally like a sport of 10 teams, 20 drivers, and one out of 19, one out of 10 are dominating in a way that everybody else is losing, marketing is losing, like, so it, it, it doesn't, it has nothing to do against Red Bull. It has more so to do with, like, there needs to be more balance. Yeah. Anyways, um, I wanted to read this. I can't believe I messed it up already. <laughs> Uh, it's just I had this tweet that alluded to this other tweet and now I lost the tweet initial tweet that I alluded to but um, oh, it took a lot more than I thought sorry Magita hey girl sent us to sent us to Hazel Southwell mm-hmm. Hazel Southwell had a very good thread um, you can find Hazel at H Southwell F E. And she has a great thread, but the first tweet I think is also very good where uh, they said, I am not really surprised F1 social numbers have taken a dip. And to be honest, I wouldn't blame Red Bull dominance so much as gradual disillusionment bars. Mm. A few years ago, motorsport, motorsport as a whole was on a path that promised demographic change from fans to the people who work in it. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen much of that actually happen in the mm. sport. Yeah. Uh, next one. Was that our whole suite? Uh, yes. Oh. The, rest, the, rest of, <laughs> the, the thread. Yeah, yeah. The thread is really, uh, the thread is really long. It is really good. The yeah. only reason we're not reading it here is just because of the episode. Yeah. But uh, I mentioned her at Definitely go check out what she said, what they said. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, So the next tweet is from Molly FS44. She says, the FIA and Liberty Media have demonstrated that instead of addressing head on any issues that upset the fans, they will gaslight and deflect. So, yeah, I expect it to get worse because they don't have the guts to look at the problem honestly. And 
this last tweet, um, we chose these two tweets because we thought it was it, it was very good. Uh, it, it was interesting to discuss later because Luca at Red Luca fifty six said, "For as long as they keep trying to gaslight fans, mm -hmm. people will not respect them." Yeah. Um, I personally found it really interesting that two and probably more people feel gaslit by mm -hmm. FIA and Liberty Media, and I think that those for people to say that you got to feel that way, like. Being gaslit by these two entities, entities, I think is a mm -hmm. is not is very different than being gaslit by like yeah. your typical social media thing, right? Um, do you agree with? Have you felt gaslit by well, FIA, F one media, Liberty Media, etc.? Oh, absolutely. I feel like I've yeah. used the word gaslit and gaslight yeah. like at least fifty times in one year. Um, I feel like we just had an article, I think two or three weeks ago, Greg Maffei, the CEO of Liberty Media, um, mm -hmm. was kind of explaining to us, he's like, you know, Stefano's whole angle for the season has been to make it historic and can't, you know, can't miss uh, sort of entertainment. And even reading that article, I remember taking away, like, there was like some red flags for me because at the end of it, they talked about how, um, you know, besides looking at just TV numbers, you know, we're looking at the, the social media numbers and the growth on social media. And I'm like, that's a strange thing. Obviously, yes, you're going to use social media to gauge like interest in anything. I mean, that's like the main point at this point, you know, for yeah. brands and companies to be on social media. But I'm just I feel like when you're talking about, yeah, the TV numbers or whatever, but we're going to look at social media. I just feel like, OK, you're kind of trying to explain you're trying to explain your way out of something like something is not right there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're kind of saying a lot without saying it, um, that it sounds like you are struggling, but you're trying to find other things to prop up that, you know, growth to be like, yeah, this, this is growth. Um, it reminded me a lot of, um, kind of meta slash Facebook, uh, troubles like okay. a few years ago where they basically were telling their advertisers like, yeah, we've got, you know, record ad revenue. You know, we've mm -hmm. got lots of users on on Facebook and they're, you know, generating all of this revenue through looking at the ads. And then it turns out that something like 10% of these accounts that they were telling their uh, shareholders and stuff were real were actually like fake. They were um, duplicate accounts. Yeah. Basically, these people were not watching ads. So these ad numbers, this ad revenue is like super inflated and they're lying, basically. Uh, I do remember it cost Facebook something like, I want to say like $20 billion. I could be making this up. It was a lot of billions of dollars. I'll just say that. Yeah. And they took a huge, huge hit in the stock market um, because of that, because they're what they sell to advertisers as like, these are, this is our product because that's all Facebook has as a product is its users. So the minute yep. it's looking like usership is going to decline, now it looks a little little sketchy to people who are trying to invest in your company. And so far, I think like the first time in like 15 years or something like that, Facebook numbers are actually down, which is crazy. Um, but the reason why it reminded me of like what's happening in F1 is kind of the same thing where it's like you have a CEO and, C and people who are in leadership positions being like, yeah, our numbers are up. Everything's mm -hmm. up. And I'm like, whenever a CEO of a company says that now, my antenna immediately goes up. Yeah. Because, like, why would you be telling us that unprovoked? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you telling us that? 
it's it's literally it's literally Stefano telling us everything's good, everything's good. This everything's is history. Great. Yeah, it, it's like it, you said it. If if you have to tell me how to feel about this product, then yeah. product. This is good. because it's not how I feel about this yeah. product. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of I just saw I saw all of this and I'm just sort of like suddenly all these articles that have been coming out make like a lot more sense because I mean and this is assuming that their data was like correct and they use AI mm-hmm. like I don't know what how else they you know what else they use to get these numbers but like just assuming even if they're like somewhere in the ballpark you know like we're not even talking about a dip in numbers like a 70 percent that is a drop we're like falling not off a cliff the, it's not when you test the waters you know no. it's not when you're like is this cold or hot it's no. like I'm with the whole cannonball thing <laughs> like we out here like yeah like it's you're free falling at that point so yeah, yeah that's not a dip we are not we're not talking about a dip um so yeah i just thought i i think the whole thing is a little sketchy to me it's giving you know like it's giving emperor has no clothes kind of vibe so i'm tr- i'm just gonna like i'm gonna like sit back and watch because obviously we don't know for sure i mean like you have this third party company saying like this is our you know analysis um of the situation and then you have F1 saying, well, their analysis is wrong. These are actually, these are the actual numbers. They did uh, refute the claims by Buzz Radar. And the, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they would. Yeah. I'm sure they will. And I'm sure I they tweeted, will again I was like, and again. <laughs> I was like, what's the over under on like Stefano, like actually saying something about this? Like, like how soon will he say something about this? In, in, in Qatar, for sure. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, for sure. But um, they like within like a few hours of my tweet. Oh, I hear what you're Racing yeah, yeah. 365 um, yeah. did an article with F1's numbers that they provided them. Um so check out Quick Stop F1's yeah. short that Nyasha put out <laughs> yeah. to learn about the connection between that website and I F1, wonder yeah. like yeah you, if you want to know why that website and why those <laughs> numbers go to the short and Nyasha will explain why yeah I will say <laughs> the last thing that I found interesting about this article uh, numbers aside was more so the um adding the context of like it's not just that the engagement is down, but it's also that they're starting to see negative word associations with F1. Yeah. I think boring came up. Um, what was the other word in the article? Oh, wow. Brain fart. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> boring was the I, one. But either way, it's like boring yeah. is not something I mean, it's you like, want. It's like when you go on Twitter yeah. during races, you see boring, you see cheater, cheater you see yeah. AD21. Yeah. So fix. it's like, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fix, which yeah. is actually a banger because that, you, with the eye, with credit, the one. Credit yeah, where credit's due. Yeah. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> fix, you know? But, F1 might have come up with that one. Be like, I, guys, but it's such yeah, a great hashtag. We just got to use it. Listen, it's slander, but it, it, it rocks. It's so, slander, yeah, but it's so creative. Yeah. You know? Damn. Um, I was gonna say, if you're going to slander us, be that creative. Right. Be that creative. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I just feel like that's not what you want. And I think that was a little bit telling as well in the article for me. It was just sort of like, it's not just that the numbers are down. Obviously, you know, people have made the point a lot of times, like dominance creates these dips in engagement. Which is true to an extent, but you also have to add the context of this particular type of dominance where it seems very aided and assisted and abetted. Um, So it's not like organically happening and the audience has not been duped into believing that. So I think that's the other thing is like, yes, dominance can be boring, but we're we're not really just talking about dominance of like the generic kind. Um, There's something a little different about this one. So there's that, but I also am just like, yeah, you, I think the thing you don't want is for people to have these negative perceptions. It's one thing to be bored 
But to have people take away like a really negative uh, perception and connotation of your brand and your company, I feel like it's very difficult to come back from that. And you mm-hmm. have a lot of new fans who who tuned in, who are immediately like, nah, this is not for me, tuning out. But now you're getting like the lifelong fans who are starting to be like, nah, I'm not going to sit and do another season of this. So I think yeah. you're they're walking a very tight line of people who are actually going to like stick around. And even then it's like, what are you doing to retain those people? And you got to acknowledge there's a problem first. And I don't think that they're going to do that. So I, I don't think yeah. they're going to do that either. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Stefano is confusing uh, impressive and exciting. Mm. Um, I think if you, which is perfectly fine, if you convince yourself or if you're sure that like all of this Red Bull dominance has been yeah. on merit, that's okay. No problem. But that <laughs> is impressive, not exciting. Right. You know? like Right. I, that I am impressed by the accolades, but the reality is that that product isn't exciting. It doesn't make it entertaining. Know? I mean, I remember I, I always bring up tennis because that's my sport. But I remember there was so many years where I would where Roger Federer was like winning everything. Like there were certain matches where you just knew like the guy playing him wasn't going to make it. It would be like yeah. two hours, three hours tops. I didn't tune in for that. So it's not necessarily about disliking the person being you know dominating. It's just more to say like it isn't that exciting to watch. Like. Every sport does go through that period, but it's it's still very much like you've got to still do something to retain that audience. Tennis doesn't have the problem of like helping Roger Federer win championships. So that's that's the difference is that when I finally came back around, my perception of professional tennis wasn't this is full of cheaters and liars. So yep. F1's a little no, fucked and, in that um, regard. <laughs> another, another really yeah. easy example is when in the NBA when Kevin Durant went to the Golden State Warriors, mm. like... You could go into any game and be like, "Yeah, the Warriors are going to win," and right. the Warriors, and you could have started that season and say, "Yeah, the Warriors are going to win the finals," and and that is what happened. Um, yeah. But nobody came out of that situation saying, Gold, "The Golden State Warriors are cheaters." The right. NBA, the NBA is rigged. Right. Like, like we had a down, we had a a difficult time on Twitter where it was like everybody hating on the Warriors. Right. But really, what they were hating on is the fact that this is impressive not exciting right like exactly you you can't watch a whole season of the same thing happening right. over and over and be like this is great and then just, their worst nightmare is that this repeats for next season which goes back to the tweet we read earlier on twitter mm-hmm. um yeah you don't want you don't want that so we we I, I think we will give them a, a little bit of a defense on their side and this is very little yeah is that we've talked about how f1 at least in the last who cares? Eight years mm-hmm. hasn't been an exponential growth. It's been right. a tidal wave of growth um, from Drive to Survive to Abu Dhabi 21. Mm-hmm. Like it's been so quick. And they fumbled the bag with regards to Absolutely. how well they capitalized that on that momentum. Yeah. But you can also say like it was a ton of momentum. Like it was, it was so much that it makes sense that some be fumbled, yeah. but not this much. <laughs> yeah. There's, there just seems like there's no plan. And so that, mm-hmm. and I've said this before, like, I don't feel like the leadership of formula one really gets it. And I think even more so now these like last couple of articles that have come out, I'm just sort of like, are you guys the right people to be running this as a business? Truly. They aren't. Because it seems like y'all are just creating like this, echo chamber and you know you're making your money now sure short-term gains you're gonna keep making it for a little while for sure but you know it all that all that 
time where F1 wasn't really like a huge topic of conversation globally, now you've got like tons of attention on the sport and you basically have like no real plan. Like I've seen a few of the tweets that we got, we're talking about like, you know, if Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes are able to come back next season and, you know, put up a fight, it might make it more interesting. Um, I agree with that, but I also feel like that can't be the plan. Like Lewis Hamilton cannot be the only plan to build the sport. (laughs) The savior. (laughs) Because he's retiring in a handful of years, whenever he's ready, that cannot be the only plan. Like, yes, it will feel good when they're fighting each other, but like, let's be real. Can you build an entire brand off of that? A man who's about to be in his forties and leaving soon. Do you know what I mean? Even even then, like, unsustainable it's it's it it's crazy because uh, crazy is such a bad word to use but <laughs> to me it's like in an nba in the nba you have 400 and something players mm-hmm. in 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 every sport i think you every sport is wrong in many of the major sports there are many many more players athletes mm-hmm. as part of the sport you have 20 in f1 yeah like how difficult is it to make sure that you have solid that you've covered 20 bases versus 400 some bases. Well, I mean, you also can look at it like this. NBA, you go to a basketball game. What is the fan experience like? How much were your tickets? How much is concessions? How long does it take yeah. you to get to concessions? Like, can you, how many games are within your area or how many can you travel to and that you can afford? Like, when you're talking about like even just like the new stuff popping up, the Miami and Vegas GP, those are priced well out of people's range. It's not just about yes. the drivers. It's about the overall fan experience. It's not like <clears throat> that's my whole thing is like it cannot just be about Lewis. It can't just be about Max. Yes. It can, you cannot put your sport, cannot market itself based off of people who are not going to be there forever. What is the story of F1? What are you guys trying to sell us? What are you trying to like say and right now, it just seems like corruption. Like, that's the whole storyline. Like, I can't even understand why they're not, like, panicking and thinking, like, oh, yeah, we're going to, like, you know, just write it out and see what happens. Like, that's not a game plan. And you want yep. people to give you money to invest in your business. And you have no fucking idea what you want to do with that money. Like, what, what are we doing here? And then you have an adversarial relationship with your fans, people who are driving or or flying to gps like you have a a a relationship where people feel like they're being gaslit and you want people to tune in and we're talking about whole weekends it's not like an nba game where it's just the one you know couple hours on a a thursday two hours i gotta drive (laughs) 20 minutes to get there i can uber if i want to i didn't catch this game i got 40 others to catch exactly so we're talking thursday if you're into the press stuff but friday through sunday are you really going to be able to retain that with this, the way that it's going? I, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I it's don't see the simple, people leading it simple, as a people getting them out of this either. A, just a really good example of everything you're you're, yeah. you're saying is like, even if you go to like Boston, where, where Boston mm-hmm. fans are very like passionate, very like Boston till we die. Yeah. But if you are repping the other team, you are not actually worried or, or anything about you going with a Golden State Warriors hat or shirt, for example. Right. You're going to get booed and played around with. It's like the Bloods and the Crips, like, you're not going to get like shot <laughs> You know, and you're not. But but like, we have people yeah. who legit show up to these races in Sanford or show up yeah, to in heard. Belgium yeah. and like can't wear a Mercedes hat. Right. Like, 
And it's like that's wild. That's a terrible fan experience. Exactly. Like I all four rivalries, all four like pleasant shit talking, all good. Yeah. But like, even if I I don't think I was joking. Like people literally would not go with their Mercedes hats. And it's like yeah, that's people a, were being assaulted. That's an abhorrent fan mm-hmm. experience. And you know, F1's response was like some flaccid PR, you know, <laughs> notes app. <laughs> it's so weak. Like <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Be nice to each other. Like, that's bullshit. Like, nice. do something. Do you know what I'm Can saying? So just get along? You have people being racially abused. You have women talking about being groped and being sexually, like, mm-hmm. assaulted at the trial. Having like, to create their is... own WhatsApp group? Yeah. Having to take shit into their own hands? What the fuck? <laughs> and F1's what like, here's a notes app. Uh, you know, guys, don't do that. Like, that's not, that's what I'm talking about. Like, wh- ha- that's not brand building. Like, you're, tr- this shit's going to be in a dumpster. Fi- well, it is a dumpster fire. <laughs> but they're pouring gasoline on it at this point. You know, we're accelerating it a little bit. So by the lack of just action, you know, there's a lot of really in, um, uh, huge social issues surrounding F1 that they just don't either want to take a stance because it appeases people that are paying them. Um you know, they don't want to look too progressive, I guess. But it's just sort of like the world is getting more progressive. You know, we are progressive and you look really crazy out here, um, you know, telling people that they can't protest against, you know, anti-LGBTQ, um, you know, sentiments and stuff like that. Like you can't uh, take a knee at a, at a, at a race. Let, if me, you let, want. Me, interrupt like, you let me interrupt you real quick. Do, do you think, ah, damn, because like really the only person who, <laughs> who stands up to LGBTQ uh any like any mm-hmm. cause that's like different, special, yeah. etc., is Hamilton. Yeah, I would bet you that the FIA is like, oh, when he retires, we don't got to do this shit anymore. Yeah, oh, and when God, but when like imagine retires, what the oh, sport there's looks no like. more rainbows. There's no more rainbows <laughs> no more on rainbows. helmets anymore. When he retires, guys, we're back. Like, cause they, they you don't see any sort of path, any right. sort of path, any sort of layout of like drivers learning from Lewis. Maybe themselves will will learn from Lewis. Like we can't say what drivers right. will learn personally, but there is no path of like, oh, look at all these things that Lewis Hamilton has brought up that nobody else has brought up before. Maybe we should do something so that it keeps being a, a topic of conversation, even yeah. though Lewis isn't here anymore or like whatever. It 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 just feels like it's gonna revert to pre-Lewis. It will. Because, and that's yes, he's gone now. But I'm you like, know. I don't know if they don't understand how that will like damage your score yeah i don't i don't i don't know if anybody understands like i want to take somebody by the hand and be like do you understand what's about to happen when this one person the fact that if one person leaves all his fans go but not just that all the motherfuckers who hate on him because they're gonna they're not here for you're not really a fucking george russell fan you're a lewis hamilton hater and when lewis hamilton isn't here and you got it's boring on Twitter because let's be fucking for real. Like nothing's happening unless it's Lewis Hamilton's fans talking about the newest shit that he dropped, newest merch drop, newest selfie. Like look at that merch drop, newest that merch lap, drop best lap. Last like week. yes, like come the fuck on. These Twitter interactions, the face social interactions are like Lewis Hamilton when he takes all that with him. Like F one is fucked. Because y'all don't talk to each other in a normal way. You can't even have a conversation. Everything dives into like racial slurs and just like being rude and I'm mean saying, and nasty. I'm saying, I, I, I hate to say this, but like, like so many, so many of people's plan A's 
when there's not a it, hopefully there will be but yeah. if lewis hamilton leaves and there is no black driver on the grid people lost 75 percent of their insults maybe yeah, maybe hell maybe even 90 percent of their insults because like once that's once the race card is over like, they won't have they literally don't have anything else because that's what they go to always time yeah it's it's just <laughs> i i feel like i don't think people are like really seeing the the situation at hand and i'm like looking back and i'm like hmm this is going to be real interesting in about five years if we make it that far. <laughs> I'm not wishing on anybody's downfall. I love, I, Absolutely I, not. but I see it. I, you know. <laughs> you don't wish for the downfall, but you're also I'm not going to stop it. Yeah, either. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you love the beach, but if you, if there's a huge ass wave coming, I can still see it. Right. It's still coming, right. you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think the you said so many great things, but one one of the things that stuck with me uh, the most is like there will be no accountability. There will be no Stefano saying, "Yeah, these things were incorrect. We are doing these things They're now." They're not going to do that, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, ego is a hell of things a are thing. either going to just get steered in the right direction, which would be very surprising. Yeah, but like there will never be a yeah, yeah. The, this, this, and this was incorrect. We should, we should do better. Yeah, accountability like, is not happening. Not like that. Not yeah. happening. Not like that. <sighs> Tasha, any final comments or thoughts on this? I think, I think you, you. I don't want to say bars, but bars <laughs> to everything you said. Like, I had a lot to I'm say over, about just, this I'm over here just listening yeah. to you. I'm over here just listening to well, you. Well, I tell you a lullaby about my F one thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I don't was, have any more thoughts. Was, not that I can get in like the next like two minutes, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll keep talking about this topic. Yeah, um, it's on our radar now, especially so now we can like see how it is in the in the end of the season. Yeah. Like, uh, once the next season starts, you know, we 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 have this yeah. as a bullet point and like, oof, wonder if Red Bull wins the first three races. What do we do then? Panic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. Dude, I I hate that you said panic. Panic at the disco. It's, no, it's it's the other. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. Ah, um, that's awesome. And I, and I saw some. I saw someone put a video mm-hmm. where it's like, look, Queen. It's Hispanic Heritage Month, not his piece. Go off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, God damn, I am not. I am not dating for this month. You're not dating for this. Oh my god! No, you're not Hispanic. You're not. You know, it's Hispanic. You're not his piece. Right. Like, oh damn. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, if you're still listening, watching, and all of that jazz, thank you so much. Uh, we thank appreciate you. it very much. A uh, little bit of housekeeping over here. Tuesday's episode. Always uh, be on the lookout for that. Record on Monday. Tuesday comes out. That's uh, Nyasha and Tandy. You know you can't miss that. Next week, Tasha and I are back as well for the Qatar GP. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a live show coming up, and we, meaning Tasha and I, will be we, recording our first in he person. Speaks French. I'm just kidding. Yo, what? Je vous take frit. Um, sorry to our French listeners. Super sorry. Super sorry. No, I don't do Lord that again. Have mercy. I yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can issue an apology in French, yeah. but I think that would make it worse. It would be worse, um, yeah. 
We've got the Austin show coming up. We've got tickets for that available. Mm -hmm. uh, we've sold a bunch of them. I know Nyasha is super encouraged by it. I know we love to see it. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be there. We'll record a Saturday episode and we'll be there at the live show, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, if you want to interact with us in any way, you can reach out to us on the YouTube comments. You can reach out to us on our Twitters. Twitter. Uh, yeah. Twitter. Um, you can follow us on, uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Mario underscore APM. Mm -hmm. Um, this has been a very fun episode, so but fun. I'm biased as hell. Tasha, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter threads and Instagram at Tasha. All right. Well, <laughs> this has been the off week episode. Like mm -hmm. I said, we're back for Qatar GP next week. Mm -hmm. Tasha. Take us away, please. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. And as always, remember, no matter what happens in life, keep it on the black stuff. Bye. Bye. <laughs>